This morning we're going to Joshua chapter four. Not gonna read the whole passage to you, but I'm gonna read a couple of significant chunks. We've been in this series on the book of Joshua, and if you remember, last time we were together here, which feels like eight years ago, uh, we, we read through the passage and talked through God's parting of the Jordan, and so that thousands of Israelites walked through on dry ground. Now, whenever they do that, uh, God doesn't simply say, now go do what I called you to do. He says, I want you to pause and do something to remember this moment my goodness and my power. To be honest with you, uh, I thought about, do I, Lord, in light of what we've just gone through, do I need to do something different for today? And it occurred to me that whenever things are tough are most when we need to remember the goodness and power of God. If this stuff doesn't apply today, it never does. So let's read today, my friends, Joshua chapter four, beginning in verse one. After the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, choose 12 men from the people, one man for each tribe, and command them, take 12 stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing, carry them with you, and set them down at the place where you spend the night. So Joshua summoned the 12 men he had selected from the Israelites, one man for each tribe, and said to them, go across to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you lift a stone onto his shoulder, one for each of the Israelite tribes, so that this will be a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean to you? You should tell them, the water of the Jordan was cut off in front of the ark of the Lord's covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's water was cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. Verse eight says, they did just as Joshua had commanded them. The 12 men took stones. Joshua always set up, also set up the stones in the middle of the Jordan where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. The stones are still there today. So Joshua commanded the priest, come up from the Jordan. When the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant came up from the middle of the Jordan, when their feet touched solid ground, the water of the Jordan resumed its course, flowing over all the banks as before. The people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and camped at Gilgal on the eastern limits of Jericho. Then Joshua set up in Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken from the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your children ask their fathers, what is the meaning of these stones? You should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. And listen, this is so that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is strong, and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. And this, my friends, is, this is God's word. You may be seated. Title of the message this morning is Never Forget. And what I want to ask you is, how long has it been since you spent some time meditating on these significant moments in your life when God has came through? How long has it been since you didn't think about your current problems and where God may be taking you in the future, but you just spent some time looking back. You know, it's not a good thing to live in the past of regrets, but it's a great thing to look back on God's faithfulness because that informs how we live just in this moment. 
And we see the importance of remembering both what God has done and just important moments in history in general. How many of you traveling have ever noticed all of the highway memorial signs that in Texas we tend to put out alongside highways at significant points? Our guest speaker, Eli Gotro, a couple of weeks ago talked about uh, Mary, his wife's favorite thing is whenever they're driving, if she knows one is coming up, she says, let's stop and see what happened here. And the whole idea is that generations of people live and die, things change. And in these historical spots where once amazing things happen that never need to be forgotten, now might be a strip mall, might be a toll road, might be a lot of different things, but there's some importance to when important things happen that you do what it takes to mark the occasion and that you don't forget, that you don't forget. And this is never more important in any area of our life than it is in our walk with God. And so in your sermon notes this morning, you'll see the starting point is this, when it comes to having a confident faith, forgetfulness is a major problem. I don't know why we're wired in such a way that the most recent hardest thing that happened to us tends to be what we remember most, but we can easily do that and we can get discouraged and forget that, hey, God is with us. He has brought us to this point and he is still who he said he was. But even for the most devoted of people, you can get into, we can get into our feelings and we can forget the, the reality and the identity of God. And so in Psalm chapter 77, written by a man named Asaph, he actually, he's in his feelings and he says this, so I say, 77 verse 10, I am grieved that the right hand of the Most High has changed. Now the right hand in scripture is used as this symbol of strength and action. And so Asaph is apparently going through something where he's saying, I've heard that God is strong and that he can do incredible things, and I am grieved to say that his right hand has changed. I guess it's not as strong as I thought it was. He used to flex, and he's not flexing for me now. I guess everything has changed. How many of you know that whenever you're in your feelings, it's okay to be in your feelings, it's not okay to live there? Don't always believe everything you think. Don't believe everything that you think, because sometimes you can look at your surroundings and circumstances, and you can think yourself to a terrible conclusion. And this is where Asaph starts here, but it's not where he ends. Sometimes we have to look back at God's track record and faithfulness and let that inform how we're going to approach the moment. Any of us in this room who have ever been a sibling We've had a number of brothers and sisters, maybe even just one, or if you're a parent who has raised multiple children, one of the most common things in the world, I'm not saying this has ever happened in my house, but maybe at yours, is for one child to look at another and to look at you and think, they always get away with everything. You're so much harder on me. How come whenever I do this, you say this, but when they do this, you say that? And it seems like we've had those conversations with each of our three children about each of the other two. It really has happened. And so you see, as a parent, you're doing your best in any certain situation to deal with your child where they are. You're dealing with another one where they are, and you don't see the whole thing. And so a kid might think to themselves, they don't love me as much as they love the other. And so what brings you out of that silliness of being in your feelings of nobody loves me? Hopefully looking back at a track record of faithfulness of your parents. I guess they do love me. 
I guess it's going to be okay. Very much the same with God. When in a moment you don't see what he's doing, look at what he's done. So Asaph says, I guess the Lord's right hand has changed. It's not as strong as it used to be. But then he says, I will remember the Lord's works. Yes, I will remember your ancient wonders. I will reflect on all you have done. When you're not sure what he is doing, reflect on what he has done. Was he trustworthy then? Was he strong then? If he was, he is unchanging. He is still who he said he was and showed himself to be. And so that means we can trust him right now. We can trust him right now. We can do that. What God has done in the past, 2,000 years ago, in your life, two weeks ago, it matters. And it wasn't just so he could address a circumstance that you were in. It was to teach you something that would change your outlook on him for ever, that would change your life forever because you're storing up these lessons. And so Joshua begins reflecting on what God has done. And one of the things he talks about, he says, we never need to forget because of this. Number one, if you forget what God has done, you won't pass on your faith. You won't pass on your faith. I think one of the biggest barriers for if if you're here and you would call yourself a Christian one of the biggest things to reduce the, the fear and, and even um, the worry about sharing your faith with others is to remember what God has done for you. You don't have to convince anybody of the gospel beginning to end. You can't do that. You can make it known and you can tell your story what God has done for you. You don't need a long list of arguments. You just start there. And so Joshua says this, each of you lift up a stone onto your shoulder and he walks them through this. And he says, so that when your children ask you, what do these stones mean to you? You can tell them, you can tell them. It is your job and my job to pass down the stories of what God has done in our life. Not only to our children, to anybody, but at least to, and certainly to, your children. Notice that Joshua doesn't say, and when your kids ask me, I will tell them. None of us as parents get to offload our, the handing down of our faith to me or to Pastor Madeline or Natalie or any other pro. God has done things in your life. God has done things in my life. And we are to pass those down to anyone that God gives us influence with. Children, friends, the barber, the barista, whoever. Let's talk about what God has done for you. But to do that, you need to remember you don't need to forget. I remember um, whenever I was in an internship in Plano, Texas several years ago, I learned a lot about parenthood from this man named David Abibafi. And so his wonderful doctor, he's, I've told you all the story of him saving my life whenever I had uh, malaria. But while I was living at his house, he had one particular shelf full of identical black journals And I asked him one day, I said, David, what are those? And he said, oh, those are my journals of everything God's done in my life. I'm going to give those to my kids one day so that they can see the faithfulness of of God. I'm not saying that you have to journal, but I'm encouraging you not to forget. Somehow, remember, because what God does for you, he wants to do through you. He wants you to share this with others. So that's the first thing. If we forget what God has done, we won't share our faith. 
Number two is this, if you forget what God has done, you will forget the lessons you've learned. How many of you know that if we don't hold on to lessons we've learned, we will be put in position where we have to learn them over and over and over again? I was talking with a young man recently who I've known for a long time, and he was going through, he doesn't mind me sharing this, by the way, he was going through uh, a significant time of discouragement. And he says, I pray and nothing happens. God never talks to me. He never does anything. Y'all say these things and people say these things, but he never does anything for me. And so while we were talking, like I said, we've known him for a long time. And I said, what about, what about this? And we talked about this undeniable moment where he knew that God had intervened in his life in a powerful way. What about this? And we talked about this moment. I said, it turns out that God has done some really significant things. You're in a moment in your faith that seems very quiet right now, but don't you begin to believe that God has never done anything for you? Because in this moment, you can see that's not true, right? And he said, yes, I do. And he says, and and I can see how sometimes you just see your, your problems and it blots out everything else. Don't forget the lessons you have learned because you need those to carry you through tough times so that you don't have to learn the same things over and over again. And so Joshua says, what's the meaning of these stones? Verse 22, you should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Like we said, when God does something big, it's to teach you something that lasts you forever. And so that anytime people came across this area in Gilgal or at the Jordan, these memorials are meant to remind us, God did something big here. And it was awesome. And anytime we go through something in our life where God comes through, one of the things we need to reflect on is what does this tell me about God? What can be settled in my heart now because he has done this thing? And one of them is this, God is real. God is real. This is so all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is strong. God is real. You need to remember that. You need to remember that he's shown up, that he's done incredible things. Um, I was talking to Adeline, my, I've, my oldest daughter. She's 12 now, but I have a picture of her here whenever she was sort of in this phase of life of the story I'm telling you. She's about six years old here, right? And so um, one night she was in her room and I'm sitting in the living room by myself reading or something, and the door opens and she comes charging out of her room, marching right to me. And she's six years old, or other ones are like four and three or something like that. So at that age, it's your immediate response is, I thought I said go to bed. So I'm getting ready to go there as a dad, and I see her face, you know, contorted, and she's tearful. And uh, she, says, she says, Dad, something just happened to me. And I said, what happened? And she said, I was on my bed. She was on her top bunk bed, and she said, I felt someone there with me. And I said, I said, you did? And she said, yeah, I felt someone there with me. She said, God was, God was there. And she started talking about the presence that she felt so undeniable and so powerful. And it overwhelmed her with gratitude. It sort of terrified her and overwhelmed her with gratitude. And she said, she said, daddy, why would he do that for me? And I said, what do you mean? She said, why would he answer my questions. I said, what do you mean answer your questions? Is he there? Is he real? I was laying in my bed thinking about that. And then I felt him, dad, he's there. I said, you bet he's there. And then she said this, 
She said, if I tell you one more thing, are you going to think I'm crazy? It's my six-year-old. If I tell you one more thing, daddy, are you going to think I'm crazy? I said, no. And she said, I couldn't be scared. I said, what do you mean? She said, and he, it felt so crazy. She said, almost scary. But she said, I couldn't be scared. Whenever I would have a fearful thought, it's like I couldn't think it. I said, oh, honey, you know what the Bible says about the love of God? And she said, what? I said, the Bible says the love of God cast out all fear. Perfect love drives all fear away. Her eyes got about this big, y'all. And she just crumbled into my chest and leaned into me. It was the most powerful moment. Many of us in this room have had moments in our life. If you're sitting at home um, watching this online, I'm willing to bet so many of us have had moments in our life where we just knew God is there. Don't forget that. Remember that. Because it doesn't change even a little bit on those days when you don't feel him. It just means those days you don't feel him. But the lesson is the same. God is real. He's there. So that's one of the lessons that Joshua wants us to learn. Another one is that God provides. Every time they came back to this memorial where these stones were set up, remember the time God asked us to fulfill a calling to go in and conquer the land and we couldn't even conquer the river? God says, go in and take over this whole geographical area, but they're wondering how they're gonna get across a river and God provided a way. You've gotta remember in your life whenever God provides a way for you to do whatever he's called you to do. I know where Robinson and Faith are. I've been there before that God has called them to something they cannot do. They cannot build the kingdom of God on their own in Boston. Fortunately, God has not asked them to. God is sending them there undermanned, underfunded, under a lot of things, but with his presence and power. And they're going there with examples in their life of God's continued provision. God has been there before. He will be there again. God provides. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget that that you're not alone. I don't know where you are in this moment, all the things you might be dealing with at your home or just in your life apart from the storm or anything else. But can I tell you something? You're not alone. You're not alone, Jonas. Peter, Melinda, you're not alone. God is with you. God is with you. In Lamentations, I believe it's Jeremiah, he writes this, in my, remember my affliction and my homelessness, feeling totally destitute. And he says, yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the faith, Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. So what do you need to call to mind to remember that you're not alone? It's very important just to know that God's presence is with you. You know someone who says something really good about this? C.S. Lewis, he says some great things about this. But one of the, one of the things he, ways he communicates bo- most is, is through his wonderful fiction. So in the Chronicles of Narnia, specifically the Prince Caspian story, Aslan has this uh, relationship with a little girl named Lucy through the novels. And Lucy is in a period of time where she is simply wondering, Aslan is a Christ figure. He's meant to make you think of Jesus. And she's in a period of time where she's saying, why aren't you doing your thing? Why are we all alone in this? Why aren't you showing up to drive away the enemies like before? 
And so there comes a point in the story where Lucy does in fact meet Aslan and she essentially says, are you gonna do your thing now? And Aslan is making it clear it's not gonna quite go how, how it has in the past, how you're wishing it would. And she says this, oh dear, oh dear. And I was so pleased at finding you again. I thought you'd come roaring in and frighten all the enemies away like last time. And now everything is going to be horrid. And he says, it's hard for you, little one, but things never happen in the same way twice. When things in your life don't happen in exactly the same way. Remember, even with the parting of the Jordan, God had parted the Red Sea, but then he did things differently at the Jordan. Sometimes God will show up and he will roar. Sometimes he will give you strength just to stick it out. But however he shows up, you are not alone. Never forget that. You are not alone. If you forget what God has done as we begin to wrap up, you'll forget how much he loves you. You'll forget how much he loves you. God demands that you trust him with your entire life, with your eternal soul and your every day. He wants nothing less than that. And can I just tell you this as a person who who cares about you? Never trust anyone who wants influence in your life that doesn't love you and have your best interest at heart. Say that again, never trust anyone, not a friend, not some church person, not even a family member who doesn't love you and who doesn't have your best interest at heart. Sometimes people won't trust God because they worry he might be that way. Don't forget how much God loves you. We say a lot around here that you can tell how much we love something by what we're willing to pay to get it. What did God pay to get you? What did he pay to get you? He gave his one and only son. We sang that this morning. The greatest thing he had in our God being Trinitarian, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you could say in a way God gave him, he gave his very self everything that he had because he had to have you. Because the chasm between you and God was so much greater than a Jordan River at flood stage. It was, it was a chasm of sin where each of us are so, are so fallen that we have no hope to be good enough to relate to him on his own. And so he gave his own son so that we could. He loves you a whole lot, yo. He loves me a whole lot. It's pretty cool. Never forget how much he loves you. He showed that definitively. And whenever we forget, whenever we take the cross for granted, we forget what Jesus went through and just how costly it was. We can actually paint ourselves into a corner of not believing that God loves us because we're going through something difficult. I remember when it hit home that he loved me. I mean, when, if if you follow Jesus, think about that moment. When did you come to him? When did it become real to you? have a picture of this little church in Fort Stockton, Texas at 1103 North Gillis Street. I lived on 1200 North Gillis Street, right up the road from it. Little bitty, little bitty place in Fort Stockton. Literally, I could step out in my front yard and I can see the church there. And I remember being in church one morning. The pastor's parsonage was next door. I became best friends with his son who's preached here in this church before. 
And they invited me to church. And I remember one morning, Pastor David Henry was preaching about Jesus and on the cross. And he was talking about what the crucifixion was and his motivations in doing it for us. And I remember just kneeling at the front. Somehow God made it all real to me that Jesus had done it for me. And it mattered. When that really hits you, never forget it. Never forget it because it's the greatest thing he has done to show you his love. He can't give anything greater. So the final thought is we set up memorials in our life. We make sure that we don't forget so that we always remember the God of of yesterday is the God of today. Yes, he is. I'm going to invite the band to come up, but don't come up yet. Can we do something? Can we take... 30 seconds to sit in silence, to remember all that God has done for us, the people he has put in our lives who love us, the people he has given you to love, the resources he has given you in your life, the abilities he has given you to provide for your family. Can we just spend 30 seconds thinking about everything God has done to love us into the place that we are. I'll take care of the time.